Great day, great day, everyone. So wellness is the complete integration of body, mind, and spirit. The realization that everything that we do, think, feel, and believe has an effect on our state of well-being. That's a quote by Gary Anderson, and I think it's a very fitting for today's conversation. So how can we prioritize our emotional well-being? Today, coming up on the Coffee with Rhonda show, we're going to dive into it a little bit more as we learn to lead above the grind. Let's get started. Hello, hello. Welcome, everyone. We are so glad that you're tuning in. I'm going to bring our panel up. We're going to start our, uh, we're going to go through our housekeeping, and then we're going to just dive right into today's conversation. So we know um, that as we think about everything that we do, our emotional well-being is very important. So we want to thank you for tuning in today to the Coffee with Rhonda show. And we are your cup full of inspiration, revelation, and wit for today's Savvy Leaders. This is episode 53, and our discussion, as I mentioned, is on prioritizing our emotional well-being. So I wanna give a big welcome to anyone watching live or on replay on LinkedIn Live. Um, and this is actually our debut episode of LinkedIn Live. So I'm hearing a little bit of feedback. I'm not sure what that is. Um, everyone sort of check your background. So this is our debut episode on LinkedIn. And so I'm super excited about that. Before we introduce our co-hosts and our guests, a couple of housekeeping items. You all know how this goes. Tell us where you're watching from in the comments. And don't forget to tell us what's in your cup. Don't forget to comment because we bring those into the show and they help drive our conversation. I have a huge favor to ask right now, right this very minute like and share the video with someone who might enjoy the content. And whatever platform you're using, if they have a subscribe button, don't forget to hit that. So our new subscriber shout out this week goes to Lady Ann Sears, who subscribed on YouTube. Thank you so much and welcome to the family. So my name is Rhonda Y. Williams and I'm your host for the show. I am what is known as an R-Soul or a recovering stressed out leader. Today, I'm an elite leadership coach helping executives, leaders, and entrepreneurs decide it's time to stop the madness, reduce stress, and live a more stress-free and well-balanced life. So what's in my cup this morning? Today, let me show y'all my little cup I have today. Today, I've got my EQ cup going, and it says EQ keeps me in control, even though you can't see that very well. And I have... Um, light cinnamon Dolce coffee from Starbucks. So that's what's in my cup this morning. Super excited about that. So let's introduce our co-host and then we'll introduce our wonderful guest for today. So Marae, great evening to you. Hello, hello. Hello, everybody. This is Marae from Perth in Australia, down under. My, and uh, you know me by now. I'm the greatness engineer. I make sure that people understand that they are unlimited and help them, you know, to step into their greatness and step into their power. And today I'm, I'm drinking tea and uh, I, I just, you know, have uh, no more green tea. To, to go through the hour, and I, I'm pretty sure it's gonna be a very interesting one. Uh, talking about well-being, I think it's you know something that we always you know talk about. But uh, welcome everybody. 
Thank you so much, Marae. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, Roz. Hello. How are you all doing? <laughs> I am Roz Jones. I'm CEO and owner yeah. of Jacksonville's Best Caregivers Like Marais, if you don't know by now. Uh, I help expand the life of your loved one. And how do I do it? By helping the caregiver reduce that SOS in their life, which is being stressed, overwhelmed, and providing safety and security. When you can't do it all, you give us a call. Give her a call. <laughs> As usual, I'm doing um, peppermint tea with the lemon and the honey. And if you guys see me moving around today, it's because I had to work at the last minute. Someone called out, you know, as a business owner, when you're in charge and someone calls out and you sometimes you have to go in. So this is my emergency. So if you see me moving around, put it to my, to, uh, to, to my heart, not my head. It's not that I wanted to do this. So. <laughs> Thank you, Ross. Thank you for being there, even with the last minute changes. And we understand what I love about this show is we try to keep it real, right? Try to keep it 100. This is life. And so that's a lot of what we talk about. So thank you. So now to our special guest. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining us, Ms. Word. Tell us a little bit about you, who you are, and then what you have in your cup. Absolutely. Good morning, everybody. I'm Elisa Word, and I am the CEO and founder of A Word and Company, a small boutique, full-service coaching and consulting firm. Everything that we do is based on the foundational principles of emotional intelligence, and I do a lot of work with leaders and groups to help them to understand how diversity is so important, diversity of thought, and the way that we lead, starting with new leaders and people in their personal lives, to be able to create that balance and that cultural competency that we all need in order to be the best humans that we can be. So this morning in my cup, I'm glad to join you all with this cup thing, by the way. Um, in my cup, I have a honey ginger tea with turmeric and lemon. Mm. So that's what's in my cup this morning. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm really excited because as a fellow emotional intelligence enthusiast, um, I do a lot of the work that I do also based on emotional intelligence principles. And uh, so we're going to dive into that a little bit. But first, let's say good morning. Let's see who's out there talking to us this morning. My mom is out there. Hey, mom, good morning to you. She's got cran mango juice this morning in her cup. Mom, you always have these interesting delicious drinks in your cup. So good morning. Thanks for tuning in. Regina's out there. That's my sis. She's in San Antonio, Texas. She's got coffee in her cup. That's fantastic. And Shirley, good morning, Lady Shirley. What do you have in your cup? And then Patrick is out there also. Patrick was on the show uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Hey, Patrick, thanks for tuning in on LinkedIn. It's great to see you out there. And also uh, someone else who was on a show not too long ago, uh, Casey is out there on LinkedIn Live. Let's go LinkedIn Live, he says. Fantastic. All right. So let's dive into this today, everyone. I'm really excited about this, um, this topic. And I want to start us off um, with a quote that I found. So I'm going to do this leadership above the grind segment today um, a little bit different. Normally, I do a screen share to share the quote, but I'm going to share it on screen and then uh, and then I'll read it for anyone who's listening later on podcast. So quote, because it really does. Mindset is everything, right? And so as I was preparing for the show, I wanted to do a couple of things. I wanted to say, first of all, what is what emotional wellness or well-being or how are we defining well-being? And I came across these two psychologists that described it this way. Well-being or uh, emotional well-being really looks at the competencies that allow people to flourish. It's being able to bounce back, have quality of resilience, and have a sense of purpose. It includes self-regulation and self-control and perspective taking. And then all of this together, 
allows you to keep control of your emotions. So that's how they described emotional well-being. I love that because what I want to just get into first is the difference between the brain and the mind. So we're going to get a little bit geeky here for a moment because I want everyone to be really clear. We've got two things at play here. We've got the physical brain and then we've got the mind. The work that we are focused on talking about is the work in the mind. And there's a difference between the two, right? There's a difference between the brain and the mind. So what is that difference? I'm going to show you all what that difference is. And as we take a look at the differences, I want our panel to just see if there's anything here um, that resonates with you that you want to react to. And then we'll come to you and give you that opportunity. So here's what they say the difference between the brain and the mind. The brain is a physical thing. The mind is a mental thing. The brain is made up of blood vessels and nerve cells and other types of cells. Uh, the mind is not made up of any cells. And it is really kind of hypothetical only because we can't see it and feel it. It has The brain has a definite shape and structure. The mind does not. The brain coordinates movements and, and feelings and all these different functions of our body where the mind refers to our consciousness, our understanding, our thought processes. You can touch the brain. You cannot touch the mind. So as we think about that, I want to start first by giving our panel just a moment to react to anything that you see here, even some, even in a general way about the differences between the brain and the mind, because the space we're going to play in today is the mind space, right? We're not going to play in the brain space too much. So we'll stay uh, in that realm of the mind today, which is where the thinking and uh, understanding and consciousness lies. All right, so let's start here, Marae. Anything here on this that you wanted to react or respond to? Uh, it's it's actually quite interesting because uh, we we don't really think about you know about about you know making the difference between the brain and the, the mind. And for me, uh, it's when I when I look at the brain, is something static that you know, uh, like they say, it's physical. But the mind is whatever you put inside, you know, and so it's the content. It's it's very dynamic, and and the brain is static, but the mind is dynamic. So that's I think what mm -hmm. you know uh, for me is you know the difference is you know your mindset. You can change it. You can mold it. You can you know do anything with it. You, you, and if it's just static, it's actually not good. But the brain is just there. It's it's physical. It doesn't move. I mean, it can you know be uh, uh, different for any uh, each person. But it's something that is really static and and not not moving at all. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Marae. So, what about you, Elisa? When you took a look at that and some of our opening, what are your some of the thoughts that you have around that? I love analogies. I love, love analogies. So I'm always trying to paint this visual picture when I'm thinking about certain things. And I think about us as humans as being the world. And inside of the world, there's that that brain, which is kind of like um, the Bentley, right, of life. I always make a lot of comparisons to the Bentley because I think the Bentley is just amazing, right? Mm -hmm. And so you have the Bentley. And as the world moves, the Bentley kind of moves with it. But it's what you put inside of the Bentley is what's actually in our brain. And I love that you're differentiating the two because I'm a stickler about vocabulary. And I think as humans, you know, there are so many words that we have access to, but our vocabulary on a day-to-day -day basis is limited. And we often interchange words and wonder why we have communication issues with people because everybody doesn't define everything the same. So I love that you're, you know, giving us an explanation of the two so that people can really think about, you know, that, that difference because the brain is that physical piece. And it's what's inside of that brain that's going to impact the other things, your cognitive thinking, your sensory perception, and all those different things. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, there is that difference. And we do want to be mindful about understanding the differences and the words and the way in which we describe things and exactly what's happening um, with us. So that sort of takes us into this, this place. You know, for me, I, I like to sort of set that stage 
um, because number one on this show, I want to be able to provide um, information and education as we're doing this. So we know exactly where we're at. We're playing in the space of the mind, which is about our thinking and our feelings and all of that. So today's topic is on well-being. And so the question is, it is about, or the focus for us is prioritizing our well-being. But I always like to stop in the opposite place. Why do we not prioritize our well-being, um, especially emotionally, especially as leaders in the workplace? Um, we do not prioritize our work being our well-being. Um, Marae, why do you think that is? And Roz, let's ju just let me know whenever you want to jump in. Yeah, I think we get we get carried out we get carried out with the pressure of you know the environment and uh, that's you know the first thing so we we just you know get to do so many things that we forget to prioritize what is important because we we we, we actually you know it should be natural for us to say okay if i don't feel well I'm not going to be able to deliver, you know, the, the work to the level that, you know, uh, that I really want. So I don't know why we put it always at the, at the back of the list. We just, you know, um, focus on the instant. We have to do this work. We have to, to get going. And we forget that, you know, as human beings, it's about us feeling good. It's about us feel, being happy because I think that's what well-being is all about. It's about being, you know, feeling good and being happy. And sometimes we just, uh, you, you know, um, uh, we, we just do a transaction in a way. We, we just, you know, give it up just to make sure that we, uh, we, we succeed. I mean, and, and uh, I don't know if that's really what success is all about to the point where we drain ourselves and when, you know, we, we, we break up, that's when we realize, oh, then the well-being is really important. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So when we get to that point where we're overloaded and mm -hmm. pretty much burning out, then we start to think about, oh, gee, maybe this is not a good idea, right? Maybe this mm -hmm. is not a good place to be. Uh, so, Elisa, we, I think somewhere in the workspace, we've moved from a can-do attitude mm -hmm. to you can do it all. Right. Somehow we moved from, yes, have that rah, rah. But all of a sudden it became you can do it all. And of course you can do it all and you should do it all. Right. Is that a part of what's happened with us not prioritizing our own emotional well-being? Oh, absolutely. I think it is. We are. Um, I, I talked to um, civil rights activist Andrew Young a couple of years ago, and I remember talking to him about the technology boom and how it's impacting children and life. And one of the things that he said spoke to something I say all the time is that everything that we say and everything we do has a price. Sometimes that price is one that is helpful for outcomes and sometimes it's detrimental to outcomes. And in that, you know, he talked about how fast it moves and that we've got to pay something to keep that pace up. And that cost that we're paying, unfortunately, sometimes is us. And that's where we are in, from a humanity standpoint. We have more rights now than we've ever had. You know, you find women in the workplace, you find men staying home, you find people doing different things that they wouldn't do. Roles have changed. They're, they're not what we would consider traditional roles anymore. But everything that we do, there's a cost that goes with that. You know, if you've got mom working, then she's gonna be focused on work and bringing in that money and paying the bills. And that has to be prioritized because you've got to eat. You've got to keep a roof over your head. If you got a dad at home, he's going to be taking care of, you know, Johnny's soccer game and 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 Mary's, you know, uh, cheerleading or whatever. And he's not going to be thinking about his well-being all the time because the kids are going to become the priority. And what I say to people often is that if you want to lead in your home or in the workplace, you can't leave with an empty cup or your cup's going to crack. So you've got to be able to take care of the leader. What are they, you know, all the time on the airplane? Put your oxygen mask on first because you can't help anybody unless you got your oxygen mask on. And we have to get to a place where we begin to schedule this time for our emotional well-being and give ourselves permission to do so. Society will never give you the permission to do so. You have to take that. I love that. Society will not give you permission. Roz, did you want to come in on this conversation? Oh, yeah. I'm, de I'm definitely coming in on this like a, like a freight train. <laughs> <laughs> 
love it. <laughs> I want to go back to the brain part. And the way I think about the brain is like a potter, you know, like the clay on, on, on the potter's wheel. Mm-hmm. We, can, we have the option. We have the option to mold it. It's our responsibility, to, you know, to put in whatever we're going to put in. It's our responsibility, you know, who we put around us to sow seeds into our brain, you know, who's you know, who's going to be that person to help us mold that? So that's mm-hmm. our responsibility now. So far, when it comes to, you know, everything else everybody's been talking about, I totally agree with it. And then also, too, you know, we've gotten to the place, and, and I think we've talked about this before, that, you know, we used to say, well, if you can't get it done, if you want it done right, do it yourself. Mm. And we have to get out of that. You know, self-sacrifice has always been, um, you know, the thing and, 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 and not taking care of us. But now, you know, with COVID, uh, we see that a lot of things have changed. You know, roles have changed, you know, just like, you know, like we said, you know, now we have Mr. Moms to where, you know, it's, it's never been before where, you know, if a man stayed at home, you know, that was a disgrace to his manhood. But, you know, now, you know, we do have men that don't have a problem with staying home and then wife is out working. So roles have changed. Things have changed. We have to adapt. We have to be adaptable and flexible to how times are changing. We don't ride on a horse and buggy anymore. We're in cars, you know. So, you know, there's a difference now, you know, with the, with the mentality. So, you know, with that we have to say, okay, what is going to be best for me and my family? So I just want to chime in on that a little bit. And I'm done okay. speaking. Thank you, Roz. Roz is bringing home the bacon and frying it up. She's doing it all at the same time. Thank thank you so much, Roz. So let me bring in Casey's comment here. Casey said, well-being is inherently tied to our emotional experience. The emotional experience makes most people uncomfortable for many reasons. And so it is dismissed as not important or weak, etc particularly by people with the most power and privilege. I love that point. I love that because we are uncomfortable with our emotions because we don't teach it. We don't talk about it. We we almost pretend that it's a thing that we shouldn't really have to worry about. Everything is about our physicalness or our talent and skill. And there's not a lot that we're taught about our emotion. So thank you for that, Casey, because I... I I believe that that's so true. And, and you're the last por- portion mm. that it's by those with power and privilege. It almost feels like this is intentional, right? They don't want you to think about your emotional well-being. I want you to think about getting the work done. I brought you in. I pay you a salary. Just go do the work, please. All this emotion stuff is, is irrelevant in the workplace. I love when that conversation comes up because I want to take it head on. I'm like, uh, rise with that freight train then because we're going head on into that conversation. We're like, do we not realize that we are people, right? And at our core, people are emotional beings. So thank you, Casey. But Patrick Ron, says, wanna, yes, go I ahead, Roz. I, I want to say this real quick. We have been, we were taught that if you showed your emotions, uh, out, you know, in, in the workplace, it's a sign of weakness. There's a problem. They would get rid of you. You know, you have a mental problem. You got to go EAP you know, all of this stuff. And now the big thing is leaves need to be transparent. Well, which one is it? Do I, do I show you, you know, show and tell, or I don't tell because you're going to put me in a cuckoo house. I'm just saying, you know, you know, these are the things that we have to deal with now that we used to didn't have to, you know, used to you would come to work, set your desk. You don't talk. When we used to say what goes on in the house is in the house and we never brought our personal life to work. But now they want everybody to be transparent. That's, you know, in some cases that's good, some cases that could be bad. But for the most part, I think it's good because then we know how to deal with the total person. And I'm beginning. Wow. Thanks, Roz, for that. You're right. There has been this conflict in messaging, right? And um, and that puts us, and I think particularly as women, we struggle with that, right? We have a hard time trying to figure out, like Roz said, well, which is it? Um, do you want and what's the threat to my personal safety? And I know that Casey can sort of connect to this, right? What's the threat to my personal safety, either personally or professionally, if I go there, if I let you know that I am 
overwhelmed. I am stressed. So Patrick said excellent points about competing priorities and the self-responsibility for self-care. Maria has also joined us. Hello, Maria from the Netherlands. So great that to have you checking in with us. Um, so I want to just ask you all to just sort of react. I want to give you an opportunity to react. I want to go back to Casey's comments and then um, Marae, give you an opportunity to sort of react to this comment because I think it's an important one. Yeah, it's a very important one because you you can see it, you know, in in the leadership ladder as you know as you go up, they expect you to show less emotions because you know as Rose was saying, showing emotion means that you're weak, you can't handle mm -hmm. things. So and for them, you know, being a leader or being in a position of power, you have to be able to show that you're tough. You have to be able to show that you know. You don't, uh, you, you, you don't, you know, have any emotion in a way that are, that are going to, because for them, those emotions are going to be detrimental to their business, which is not always the case, you know, and, and that's, that's, the, the, that's really the discrepancy here. It's not always the, the same. When people show their emotion, when they are really real, that's actually when they deliver the most and that when they really, you know, do the work. And uh, but we I don't know we we just got it you know really wrong we go to the you know we it's always been about competition especially in those big corporations and you know you you get dragged into it and by the time you realize you have you've sacrificed yourself you know right and when when you reach the point where you it's a complete breakdown it can be too late you know and uh, and you lose everything. By trying to gain everything, you lose everything, and wow. that's uh, that. That's really the challenge. I I I love that you pointed out that it's about being tough. So, Elisa, mm -hmm. when we are um, taught that it's all about being tough, right? If you're a, a strong leaders are tough leaders, they can mm -hmm. handle everything. Um, remember that phrase: "Never let them see you sweat." Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? And now oh, it's all about. Oh, leadership is transparent and authentic, but never let them see you sweat. So, Elisa, what are we supposed to do? Well, you know, it's so funny because you kind of end up with this conundrum that you're in, right, with it. And, you know, you say this, but you mean that. And and I always think about the diversity spectrum of it because, you know, people think diversity, equity, inclusion is all about race or just gender, right? But it's not. There's so much in diversity of thought. And that's where that EI piece comes in with the with the diversity of thought. And and you know, people want to bring all these, we want to bring all these different faces, all these different voices into the workplace because we're woke, we're we're diverse, we're doing all this stuff. And you want to bring them in, but then you want everyone to assimilate to the existing culture. And the existing culture is dysfunctional. The existing culture says, we want you to be transparent, we want you to tell us how you feel, we want to know about your emotions, but we're not comfortable dealing with your emotions or ours. And that's what it really comes down to. People are not comfortable dealing with their own emotions. So in order to make them feel comfortable, they have to diminish yours. They have to diminish mine. Mm. They have to somehow make them feel as though they're not real because if they acknowledge yours, somehow they've got to feel something. And most people, because we've not been socialized as a culture to deal with our emotions, most people are not able to be space and do so comfortably on a regular basis. And I think with both of us being in that EI space, you've seen it. I know you've seen that, Rhonda. I know you've seen that on many times when mm -hmm. people, they, they have that discomfort and it's easier to say, oh yeah, bring your emotions, but I don't really want to know about them because it makes me feel uncomfortable, but I can't say that. But in order for me to make you feel okay, I have to say it's okay to be this way at work. And they don't understand the benefit of those emotions if you lean into them understand the messages behind them and take the power behind those emotions for innovation and creativity. Wow. But you know what though? A lot of times people are uncomfortable with listening to people's problems because they don't know how to help. Right. Mm. Let's put that out there. 
Yeah, no, this is really powerful. Um, and Elisa, I'll come right back to you. So Cindy said, I love this topic. Everyone is weighing in from a different aspect, but they all tie together. My original thoughts are that the brain requires different neural tests. Yeah, and if you're really trying to get to something physical and trying to understand it, then those neurological tests for the brain, absolutely. But the mind, right? The mind is that thing we don't really pay much attention to because we can't see it. We just assume that it's cool. You're fine. You got a mind, right? It's working. Yay. Thumbs up. Everything's good. But that's not the case. So, Elisa, were you going to add something? Yeah. I mean, there's a neuroplasticity component that we have to think about when it comes to all of that. You know, these pathways that we've had, many of them have come from our childhood, you know, our family of origin. And then when we get older and we start to see things differently, it's kind of like the government, when they get new intel, they change the game, right? You got to be able to take that intel for your brain and be able to change the game, but it doesn't make our brain feel comfortable. And that's where that ouch moment comes from. It doesn't feel comfortable. So we go back to what we know is comfortable. And to Ross's point, you know, they don't know what to do to help you. They don't know how to be. And, and that goes back into sometimes, even sometimes I don't need to help you. Sometimes I just need to listen. Sometimes I need mm -hmm. to allow you to process and to be able to be there. People don't understand what, understand what empathetic response is. Empathetic response is not always doing something about it. But it really is allowing you to sit in that moment and listening to you and being able to be there for you and be able to, to say to you, hey, it's OK for you to just be where you are right now. Mm -hmm. And we're just not taught that we're not taught that resilience in emotion. And when we don't have that resilience in emotion. It's very difficult to have these relationships. And even with emotion, you know, emotion itself is, is the neurochemical transfer that or that neural hormone, that thing that happens within like a six second period, right? Five or six seconds. Right. And it's that feeling that we get. Is that feeling that kind of makes our brain go, ooh, that's not feeling good right now. So I'm not sure what to do with that thing. And I think that um, the more we work on younger people and make this more of our norm, as people begin to age, it'll be different. So we right now, sometimes we're on the opposite extreme sometimes, right? Got cancel culture and all that. So we're like either not no emotion or we're overly emotional, right? With the way that we're actually kind of coming out there and showing it. And we've got to find that middle ground. And I think we're going to get there. I think we're going to get there with conversations like this and right. being able to be transparent and saying, you know what, it's normal, but let's just figure out what we can do with it. I love that. So, um, Elisa, I do think that it is, um, it's this it's this process that we go through uh, and it, and mostly it's internal, right? So uh, the empathetic response that you spoke to starts internally, right? It doesn't start by you speaking. It starts by you understanding what am I seeing? What is this situation here that's being presented to me? And um, so Casey said, nailed it, Elisa. We can't accept in others what we cannot accept in ourselves. And when you take this full circle to the conversation on, are we emotionally well in our skin, in the workplace, in the businesses, in life in general? I was having a conversation um, with my dad and he was talking about um, how COVID has changed things, right? And and particularly for elderly, creating that sense of, of um, aloneness, right? And everybody, everything being cut off. And then the role that uh, that uh, that played in well-being, the emotional well-being of our our um, parents and our grandparents who were used to interacting with us and seeing us. And then we thought, well, we're staying away to keep you safe. Well, OK, but still now, how do I feel on the other side of that? Because I've lost something that was dear to me. One of the elements of um, emotional well-being is connectedness. Connectedness is an is an element of emotional well-being. And today we have more suicides happening, not only in our adult population, but also in our teen population. We have to learn to prioritize our emotional well-being. And it starts with us. And so um, Cindy said, but changing the thoughts of the mind may be a result of upbringing, like parents and schools and other activities. Some might be good, some might be bad, but it's up to the individual to seek to change or seek help. Absolutely. We have to own it. So my favorite phrase, and sometimes when I use it with my clients, I want to duck because I think they're going to throw something at me. But my favorite phrase is hashtag it's always you. Hashtag it's always you. A lot of people look at that term and think that I'm blaming them. 
But that's not a statement of blame. It's a statement of empowerment, right? It means that it is in your control. So let's talk about that in regards to emotional well-being. What can we do to own this? Because we don't have any other choice but to own it. No one can own it for us. And if we wait for others to own it, then, oh my goodness, where are we with this, right? So there's a couple of different things that I want to name, and then I'm going to ask you all to just sort of pick up on one of them that you want to talk a little bit more about, because there are certain things that can really affect our emotional well-being. Loneliness being one of them that I mentioned. Stress is another one. Rejection is one. Poor emotional management is another one. I could probably spend a whole two shows on that one. Poor self-esteem and the need to please. That's one of Roz's favorites, right? So these are things that can affect our emotional well-being. So I'm going to ask Marae, I'm going to start with you. Just choose one of them and expand on it a little bit because I think any of them can give our audience something that they can take away that could be valuable for them. Let me go over them again so that you have them. Stress, loneliness, rejection, poor emotional management, poor self-esteem, and the need to please. So any of those you can react or respond to. Uh, I think the, uh, the loneliness is one thing that, you know, I, I really want to react to. And, uh, and, you know, I think a lot of people are scared of being with themselves. So they, you know, they, they really want to avoid to get to know themselves and you know, and they get you know into this uh, feeling that being alone is uh, is not a good thing for them. So for them, they already uh, uh, put it in their mind that being alone is not a, a good thing for them. But yet, it's a, it's a good thing because it helps you to understand who you are. It get get you to understand you know your limits, how you come across in 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 certain situation. And, and I feel like, you know, especially in this world, it's all about, you know, movement. It's all about getting together. It's all about, you know, uh, um, relying on other people instead of first, you know, sitting down and understanding what, are, what do we really need and get to love who we are, get to love, you know, the, the state that we are in before we can get and give to people. And, and I think that's a, a big step for a lot of people. Uh, you know, I've, I went through it myself where you always, you know, when you're alone, you, you're scared. You're scared. You don't want to to really be aware of those feelings that you have, to be aware of the different shortcomings that you, you know, you have in, in your mind. And, uh, and, and it can be very scary mm-hmm. and, and make you sick and create, you know, stress. And then by the time you realize it's it's developed to something else. So right. I think it's 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 something that people need to understand, especially in this COVID time where we spend a lot of time alone. We we have to stop thinking that it's not good for us. It's actually an opportunity for us to get to know ourselves. Because like you know, uh, as some saying the same, I mean we spend twenty-four hours with ourselves, so we better enjoy our own company. And I think that's uh, that's that's something that I really wanted to you know comment on. Wow, well, you know it can be scary in my head, Marie. I don't, mm-hmm. don't want to be in there by myself. Can you come in there with me? Don't mm-hmm. don't leave me alone to that. So, Roz, did you want to comment on any of those? Let me go over them again because I know you're moving about stress, loneliness, rejection, poor emotional management poor self-esteem, and the need to please. How do any of those affect our emotional well-being? The disease to please comes because we're trying, we're listening to other people's opinions and their opinions mean more to us than our own self-being. We put them before we put us. You know what I'm saying? So if, if we do that, if we continue to have the disease to please, then yeah, we'll have the stress, we'll be overweight, we'll have, uh, you know, loneliness, you know, we'll have identity crisis. You know, it, 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 it all of this impacts one another, it kind of it, it intertwines. Everything you've talked about intertwines. Mm-hmm. But if we can manage that disease to please with the prescription of no, then that's gonna help us. You know, that's gonna be a big help. We have to understand that we come first. It used to be, 
we do do the sacrifice, you know, make a sacrifice, no self-care. If you can't do it, you know, if, if no one can do it, you know, if you want things done, get done yourself. It used to be like that. But now it's caused burnout. It's caused people to have stress, be overweight, all these things you talked about. So now we have to come back and say, okay, I got to take care of self. Me has to come first. So, mm -hmm. and then uh, as a part of me, we have to, as, as we talked about being alone, identifying who we are, loving ourselves. And you, you know, we also have to get over the identity crisis as well. So, you know, these are the things, you know, I'm saying all that to say is that one is not more important than the other. That's what I wanted to say. I'm Ross Jones, mm -hmm. I'm done speaking. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Roz. So uh, before we go to Elisa to have her comment on one of those, Casey said, someone else's comfort ain't none of my business. I agree. I agree. So so check this out. It's really interesting, I think, that people will say, if you are focused on yourself, they will say, you're so selfish. <laughs> but they want you to be focused on them. It, is that not selfish? So who's being selfish here, right? So if if you are not doing what I want you to do, and I said, well, you know what? That's really selfish of you. And then I'm like, well, what do you say? That you can be selfish, but I can't be selfish? Because are you not being selfish by expecting me to focus on you and not me? It's just this weird dynamic and this weird cycle that we don't call out enough, right? First of all, we've got to be aware of it. And then we've got to be comfortable calling it out and calling it it, it what it is. So, Elisa, which one of those, you know, they, do you want to speak to in terms of it affecting our emotional well-being? Well, I want to go to your point of what you just said, too, and a great response for that. And I had to learn this. When somebody says that, I, that I'm doing something that's selfish, I'm like, thank you. It took me so long to be self-loving. I appreciate that you actually see that in me now. Oh, and you know what? <laughs> you got to get it right back because I'm it did that take one. a long time I'm, for me I'm, to be I'm, I'm a borrow that. I like that. You, know, right? oh. you can have it. <laughs> you can have it. But it took a long time for many of us to become self-loving, right? So when somebody calls me selfish, especially because I know where I came from, I'm proud. I'm proud of that. So to your point of, of, of the, those pieces that you mentioned, the one that stuck out to me was poor emotional management because there's so many components to that. You, it's hard to manage what you don't understand. So if your emotional literacy is not even on point, then what are you managing? Because you don't even know what you're talking about or you're feeling. You haven't even been able to name your emotions. Additionally, if you don't have great emotional management, maybe you've got an internal motivation issue, an intrinsic motivation issue that's stopping you from getting there. Or perhaps you've got some trauma and some unreserved, unresolved trauma you're dealing with and you go through life with everything being a trauma reenactment. So you can't even manage those emotional reactions to get them to the point that they're emotional responses. So I think that that's really, um, and underlying pieces to all of it. And to Raz's point and Ren's point, it, it's, it all works together. But it's like, what's at the foundation? Are you healed? Are you healed? Because if you're not healed, everything is going to be a problem for you. Everything's going to be a problem. Everything I do, everything you do, everything that people don't do, the sun comes up, that's a problem for you. You know, so we've got to be able to get to the point that we understand are we managing our emotions or are they managing us? Oh man, I love that. Are we managing our emotions or are they managing us? There's a quote or a saying that says, um, a wandering mind is an unstable mind or and at least to an unstable body or something like that. And, um, and we have to understand our emotions. But again, because we're not taught, then we get to this age thinking that it's unimportant. Or that if you say anything about your emotional wellness and health, that that means you've got to be in the, the crazy house or something. Right. Or that you it means that you are not capable and that you are not qualified and that you are all of no, these Ron, things. Yes. This is what they, this is what they say, Ron. Oh, that's just the way I am. <laughs> that's just the way I mm. am, you know, and, and we're supposed to accept that. No, honey, I can walk away. Well, I like to ask the response to that going, well, how's that working for you? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. I, mean, I, got, I got questions. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. And and that's what's so important for us. So Casey said, got to go. You all are awesome. Thank you for an important discussion. Thank you, Casey, for hanging out with us for a while. And um, and as we think about, um, about this, the one that I want to go to really is the stress. Because stress, we whether it's in our professional lives or our personal lives, we have started, we have been conditioned to accept a certain amount of stress as being normal. And it's a high level of stress. So we, a couple of shows back, did a segment where we talked about stress and we showed the stress curve. And we showed where there is that phase of stress that is beneficial. It actually helps you with your motivation and sort of really helps you accomplish your goals and dreams. That's just one segment. When you keep going, you get into that zone that it's no longer helpful. And then when you keep going, it's actually to the point where it's dangerous. And so the, I want to focus on the stress because one of our greatest um, toxicities to our health and our body is generated from inside of us. It's generated from stress. And it's called cortisol, right? The stress hormone. And when we are at operating at high levels of stress, that hormone floods our bodies and then it starts playing with our blood pressure, our blood sugar, our GI system, our immune system and inflammatory response, all of that. And that's all triggered by our, our thinking and our emotions. Right. And so as we are thinking about emotional wellness, we have to number one. I love what everyone said. You've got to think about you. You've got to start to understand and know you and how you respond. You've got to take ownership of it. You've got to make some decisions on what your boundaries are and what's working for you. You've got to be calm and confident. You've got to understand your emotions, right? And what they're saying to you. Because as Alicia, as Alicia says, if you don't understand your emotion, then what are you managing? What are you managing? Right? So that's all really important. And then um, as we as I think about all of these, um, sort of the I think we covered all of them. Rejection, though, is one that we haven't really talked about on this list and how the feelings of rejection just sort of take us to this entirely different state. Now, I think it, it, rejection is just an event like every other event, but it can be very, very traumatic. Why is it that when we feel rejection, um, it takes us to this place that uh, we can really become emotionally imbalanced. Anybody can respond to that. I'll jump in on that one. Um, if you think about, you know, and this is going back to like Psych 101, right? And you think about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And um, when we look at those hierarchy needs, one of those needs is feeling safe. We want to feel safe, right? And that safety is not just about physical safety, but it's psychological safety as well. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, I mean, not bashing parents, right? Because I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I didn't do with my kids that I wish I could have done, or I might have thought differently because I know more now and that sort of stuff. And the same thing with our parents and the generations before generations before people teach and give what they know, what they have. And a lot of generations were so focused on surviving that thriving was just not a concept um, for people. So we've got to be able to teach differently. Uh, we're, we've been parenting and not teaching. Mm -hmm. And when you teach, you get the opportunity to be able to teach kids not only about rejection, but how to bounce back from rejection. Mm -hmm. We've got many of our, our generations now have gotten to the point where we wanted to do so much for kids that we didn't have that we're not even allowing them to understand what it's like to fall on their face. That's not teaching resilience. That's teaching a falsehood about life. And then they're 20 something, 30 something, whatever. And the therapists are flooded with them because they don't know how to manage that. So I think that we've got to be able to go back to that basic need set and say, what is it that teaches physical and psychological safety? And how can I help to teach that? So when you are not feeling psychologically safe in the case of rejection, I'm not wanted, I'm not needed, I'm not valued, so I don't feel safe around you or even with myself. 
then the response can be quite difficult for one to manage. And again, just not having that skill set. And did we know to do this? Many yeah. people didn't. And many people still don't. No, I I agree that um, we're not taught that. Mm -mm. Yeah. We're it's just not. Yeah. No. Um, you know, as as we look at emotional well-being, you know, I want to talk for a moment and just make sure that we are clear that we are talking about all of us as human beings, men and women alike. There sometimes tends to be this thing, right, where maybe this is about uh, emotional. Oh, that's a conversation for women. I was listening to something the other day where uh, the guy said, I think men are more emotional than women. We just show it differently. Where a woman is liable to, he said, and this is the example I'm using, so nobody beat me up about this. I'm just <laughs> reciting his example. He said, well, where my wife might sit down and cry, I'm going to go want to punch the dude in the face. He's like, who's more emotional? Right? So we are both emotion. We are both creatures of emotion. So guys, this is about you too. And your emotional health and wellness is important because your physical body will often follow. So where your mind and your wellness is, your emotional wellness is, your body often follows. And that's an important point um, that we should be, uh, that we should make. So a couple of comments. Um, Elisa says, yes, that's the theme for the past week. Got to start thinking more of me. Me is the one I've been putting in the back seat. Not no more. Absolutely, Maria. You've got to get in the front seat. I don't even, not just in the front seat. I need you to take the keys, right? Take the keys to the car. And You're driving. on the de destination and you are driving from this point forward. For everyone out there listening to this, you have to be the driver in your own life. Right. If you don't drive, someone else will. That goes for workspaces or not. You've got to set your boundaries and understand what works for you. Cindy said each point can lead to low self-esteem and low self-esteem can cause each and every one of these points. So it becomes this vicious cycle. Right. Round and around we go. You know, I feel rejection. I don't have good emotional management. So now I'm angry. So now I'm stressed. And so now and then you're in this terrible cycle. And she also said, OMG, yes, Alicia, I really loved I would really love to connect with you. Yes, absolutely. Please do that. And we are going to share that at the end of the show. Maria said, so messed up this week. Use the wrong... <laughs> Use the wrong no, WTF. <laughs> I love that. You know, what I love most about, though, your comments, Maria, is the recognition of where you are. You cannot fix something that you don't recognize. You cannot fix something if you have no awareness of it. So we're going to start our wrap-up segment in just a little bit. But before we do that, let's go ahead and hold. I can't believe we're already seven minutes before the hour already. Uh, Roz may not. Roz, you have a, probably not, huh? Do you have a cup? Oh, she's got a cup. Look at that. All right. So hold up our cups. Got it. Okay. Thank you. That will be our post-production shot. And what we're going to go into now, and I want, if you're out there listening, uh, wherever you're listening, um, then please go ahead and be thinking about what are you taking away from this conversation, right? What do you want to take from this conversation and put into your cup? Metaphorically speaking, right? What are you taking with you? So we're going to go ahead and start our um, what's in your cup segment, which is our wrap up segment that uh, we share our takeaways. I guess I'm, uh All right, so let's go get ready to share our final takeaways uh, for the show. Um, and, you know, I'm going to start us off with a little bit of humor here, uh, because as we this can get to be really heavy, we're talking about people's emotions and, and that can be scary for people. Right. I wish we had more time to go into the whole um, discussion on belonging. 
right? Because as, as we are in the workplace and we've talked about how scary it can be to deal with your own emotions, that goes directly to creating cultures of belonging. So we're going to have to save that for another show. We're going to start our wrap-up round. We're going to go to our co-host first. Alisa, we're going to come to you last on this. And when we get to you, share your final takeaways and then also share how people can connect with you and learn more about the work that we, you do when we come to you. But first, here's a little humor for us, little coffee humor. right? May the froth be with you. And I need a little bit of froth in my life. I got I got the good froth in my cup this morning. So let's start our wrap up. And Roz, let's go to you first, because I know you're super busy. And, the, and I thank you so much for still um, hanging out with us today. Um, so what's your takeaways today? What's in your cup? Can you hear me? Yeah. Uh, basically, is that our surroundings impact us? So, whoever is in our group, you know, in our peer group, in our business group, impacts us. So, we have to decide who's going to be in our circle. So, that's mm -hmm. what's in my cup. Awesome. Thank you, Roz. Yeah, making those conscious decisions, right, about who's in your circle and how they affect your emotional well-being and making a tough call. Some people are with you for a reason and a season and your reason and your season may be up. Right. And if it is, that's OK. We can happily part ways and we can both move on with life. So good stuff. Thank you, Roz. Marae, what are you taking away? What would you like to share? So for me, I, I look at my emotional well-being like a bank account. You want to be premium. You want your bank account to be premium. And you don't want to, you know, keep, you know, redrawing to a point where you have nothing and you, you're broke. So that's really what, you know, I, I get from this is that you have to think about yourself first and then replenish yourself all the time so that you can uh, perform if you, you, you have to perform in a team or be, you know, well and happy if that's, you know, if, if we're talking about the, the social, you know, the social environment or the family. So that's really my big takeaway mm -hmm. today. Awesome. Thank you so much, Marae. It's so important to really understand who you are and where you are and what that means for you. And then you can decide what you want to do about it. So thank mm -hmm. you so much. So, Elisa, what are you leaving folks with? Emotional well-being is not only a universal concern, but it's a universal need. And as everyone's alluded to on this about the physical body impact of your emotional well-being and what can happen to you. If you look at the number of people that have strokes and the stress levels of those folks that are having strokes, you might want to rethink what you're doing about your own emotional well-being. Mm -hmm. I think it's really important for people to understand that. And mm -hmm. All of us are coming from different places, but it's important for each one of us, males, females, across the world. Mm -mm. I love that. Thank you so much, Elisa. And how can people connect with you and learn more about the work you do? Sure thing. So I, on social media everywhere, I pretty much have the same handle, and it's I am Ms. Word, M-Z-W-O-R-D. Um, and you can also, you can catch me on LinkedIn as Elisa Word, and you can get on my website at awordandcompany.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure having you here with us. Uh, so a couple of final comments. Maria said, uh, let's see, I've been rather quiet during the live, but it made me realize I need to add a chapter in my upcoming book. Oh, good for you. Um, thank you so much, Maria. Uh, I'm glad that, you know, we stimulated something uh, for you in that. And then Regina says, um, I'm now driving a Jeep with the top down. Uh, in my mind, it's all about me for the first time. So good for you. And then she says, froth, cute. And then <laughs> Maria says, we are the sum of the five people we associate with. Facts. Absolutely. You know, as I think about um, the takeaways from for today, um, I really think about the importance of this work and our focus on emotional wellness and emotional well-being. It's absolutely critical for us to make those decisions for ourselves, but we can't do that if we don't start with awareness. We have to first become aware. We've got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable 
at looking at our own emotions and what they say about us and what they mean. And only then can we really start the process of changing and becoming the person uh, that we want to be, not the person that anyone else wants us to be, but it is all about us, just like Regina said out there. So um, it has been wonderful to spend another part of your Saturday with you. We are so grateful that you all allow us to come into your day for just a little bit and have a little bit of fun and impart a little bit of wisdom and insight in the process as well. So you know how to reach us. We'll be back here again. Our task, our goal is to help you lead above the grind. And we're back here on each Saturday. Can you believe we have one more show left in this season, ladies? One more show left. And the Coffee with Rhonda show goes on a 12-week break so that we can replenish. Like we got, if we're gonna talk it, we gotta walk it, right? So we take a 12-week break, we retool, we regroup, we replenish. And then we come back next season. We'll come back next season ready for more Roz with the boo-boo face. <laughs> I can't believe we have one more show. And look, and we started jazzing up the show too at the end of this season. So, so I can't wait. A party next week. So I know. Next show. Uh, yes, how about that? A party next week. And we are also planning, ladies, for a 60th celebration for our 60th show that'll come next season we're gonna have some past guests stopping by it is gonna be a party it's gonna be super super fun so in our final comment cindy says wow great show love elisa's input awesome panel responses thank you for an awesome season regina says Roz face lol and then she said oh all right everybody we will see you back here for the party next week for our last season well it's, it's gonna be a show but kind of a party too as we go out for our 12-week break so thank you all so much uh we are always so grateful to spend a little bit of time for you for my panel stay tuned for everyone else continue to take the steps that you need to take in order to lead above the grind we'll see you back here next week thank you for watching the coffee with Rhonda show you can catch live episodes saturdays 10 a.m central 11 a.m eastern and if you are curious about leadership above the grind you can download your copy of the stress-free leader ebook at stressfreeleaders.com